I'm Selena Sage, and Live Free is for our collective liberation. Namaste and welcome. Today I'd like to share a story about transformation. There was once a young monk sitting in constant zazen, which is sitting meditation. An older monk notices this and inquires, why are you sitting in continuous zazen? The younger monk replies, by sitting in zazen, I hope eventually to become a Buddha. The elder picks up a brick and begins rubbing it on a rock. The younger monk laughs and asks, what are you doing? Elder replies, I am polishing this brick in hopes that it eventually will become a mirror. (laughs) The advanced story ends here, but it may be continued as follows. The younger monk asks, how can polishing a brick make a mirror? The elder retorts, how can sitting in Zazen make a Buddha? Hmm. This is a traditional Zen story that is really meant for meditation and contemplation. So I would first encourage you to sit with the story to reflect on it, to find the deeper meaning and connection with your own life. But it could be also said that someone who wants to write a great book just sits in front of a blank piece of paper holding a pencil. (laughs) And so, of course, you could see that and say, well, how are you going to write that great book? The transformation is an active principle. So we can see clearly that in, in the case of the person wanting to write a book, they need to actually put that pen to paper and start writing. <laughs> cannot be a writer if you're not writing. Can't be a painter if you're not painting or a musician if you're not practicing music. The active principle is what separates a person from just this constant mode of meditation to actualizing Buddhahood. Buddha, much like Jesus, was a teacher. After he had the realization of his true nature, he went out and taught what he calls the middle way, you know, the middle path of, of living in balance. But the key is living. If you're just sitting in constant meditation all day or doing constant yoga all day in hopes of maintaining this realization, perhaps you get a glimpse. Perhaps you recognize truth. Once that truth is recognized, life involves living it. Living as the Buddha, living as the Christ, actively practicing 
the realization, the recognition of oneness and how that pervades in one's everyday life. The opportunity to respond with love and compassion. The recognition that we were once where, possibly where that person is now. And we recognize what would have been helpful for us when we were in that position. And we seek to contribute that in various ways. Even if it's not our lived experience, we see the opportunity to share our our gifts. One of my most important activities I feel when I lived in California was becoming a volunteer tutor for homeless children. And homelessness is, is a is a spectrum. There's the, I think the, the idea that we all correlate with homelessness, which is like living on the street, but there's also, of course, people in shelters or in constantly transient living situations, living in and out of motels. Perhaps living with extended family or foster parents Those cases, the child has a home, but there's an emotional difference there. And in this organization, it's a great organization, it's called School on Wheels. I was initially volunteering at domestic violence shelters. So again, these children had homes, but of course it was not their, you know, their, their normal home situation and there's a great deal of trauma. And I did not know their circumstance from my own experience. But I saw that there was an opportunity that I might share love, be there for them, assist them with homework, and be present with love in a way that every child needs. This was the shared experience, not necessarily of having lived in a shelter, but to know that children need love. And there was an opportunity for me to share that. And I think in this way, just that presence, being present, having compassion and and sharing love, that is an embodiment of what I learned from studying the lives of Jesus Christ and Buddha. It's in the living. It's in optimizing this experience to share, to love, to grow. And so if you're just a monk sitting constantly in meditation, yes, that could help bring about a realization. But then I think what the elder monk was getting across is what do you do with that? What do you do with that? Can live a very happy life in a mountain. Believe me, I've thought about that life. <laughs> Pretty close to it, living on a remote island. 
but it's in the it's in the actualization of of the living where that buddha state is is manifested How can sitting in Zazen make a Buddha? If you have the realization of your own Buddha nature, your Zazen in many ways is complete. Now it's beautiful to continue that practice and be connected to that true nature in silence. But once that realization lands, there's an opportunity to live that in every moment, in meditation or not. It's an invitation to deal with the difficulties that inevitably arise in this human state, (laughs) this human experience. to practice the teachings. There's that bracelet, it was really common, maybe 10 or maybe 15 years ago. And it was, what would Jesus do? I think they were like, um, kind of like knitted friendship bracelets and they would just have WWJD, what would Jesus do? But it's like that same thing, that invitation to imagine how an enlightened being, one who embodied the God self, would respond in a given situation. This is true Buddhahood. Much can be gained from sitting in silence, so I would never discourage that. But the reality is always, always there. Our true nature is always what we are. The recognition of that is the transformation from the person to the Buddha by realizing that we are that which witnesses the changing, to know ourselves as the changeless, is freedom itself from all that changes. And so this realization is something that we're given usually lots of opportunities to practice. (laughs) Everything gets thrown at us to challenge our own understanding. How will we respond to those challenges that arise? when it's not possible for us to just continually sit in meditation. Or even if we're sitting in meditation, when, when those difficult memories arise, how do we handle that? 
Are we trapped in the energy of that memory, distracted from the meditation? Or are we able to recognize that we are that which is seeing the memory? That what may have happened to us is not what we are, does not define us. Are we able to have just the tiniest bit of separation to see that we are the screen in which the memories are arising in. That is the difference between living as a person and being liberated. Recognizing our true nature is freedom. And I'm inspired to share a Rumi quote that comes to mind, especially with the story as it relates to rocks and bricks and mirrors. <laughs> and Rumi said, how will you ever become polished if you are irritated by every rub? How will you ever become polished if you are irritated by every rub. If we recognize that everything that is happening is for the highest good, we depersonalize the happenings a bit. We see that these things are happening for our own growth and perhaps for, for the recognition and growth of others if we cease being irritated by those rubs, if we see them as part of the process and we don't get phased by them, we're not constantly bothered by them, we are free. <laughs> and of course, that is what I always wish for you. And I thank you so much for being here. Namaste. Namaste.